welcome to the First Lutheran Church located at 512 South Kale Avenue in Miles City with pastoral services provided by Pastor Steve Rice. As the choir retires, I want to thank everyone who has participated in the many moving parts of Holy Week, and particularly Monday, Thursday, Good Friday, and preparing for today. The transformation of the sanctuary is, is dramatic if you follow all of, the, uh, uh, all of the iterations that happen. Then there are some things uh, that we can't control uh, nearly so well, and one being the weather. Uh, it is a beautiful rainy day, but that uh, unexpected blessing required a few adjustments uh, in our early morning schedule. Uh, including bringing the uh, Easter egg hunt that will follow worship today into the sanctuary. So let's have all the children gather back in the choir area if they would like to participate in the Easter egg hunt. Let's have the junior-senior high youth slip out following Holy Communion to make that possible, uh, and uh, we will just adjust accordingly. Another thing conspicuous by its absence are the balloon bouquets which have become somewhat of a tradition here. Uh, and uh, again, that owes to some of the moving parts. Uh, we had a new tank of helium delivered on uh, Friday, and it is in my office where I fill the helium balloons because those balloons on a string rising to the air is mysterious and delightful to children. How does it do that? Well, today, uh, in anticipation of making that bouquet, I went into my office and uh, opened the valve and filled the first balloon and tied it and put a string on it, let go, and it went plunk. (laughs) Now, (laughs) I'm not sure what this says about me, but I thought I'd fill a second balloon just to make sure. (laughs) Plunk. Now, I don't know what we've got in that tank exactly that was delivered Friday. Um, It might just be compressed air or oxygen or maybe acetylene. I don't know. (laughs) I I just pray that there's not someone on oxygen talking in a very unusual voice early this morning. It's a mystery to me. (laughs) As is life. As is life. Life is a mystery, is it not? Perhaps the most profound mystery of mysteries. If you are a science-oriented person, no matter how far we have probed in space, you know, as we all do, only upon earth has life been found. Not just life, but life in such abundance uh, and life reaching its, its apex, its zenith in the form of we human beings. How is it, why is it that we are here? What does this mean? A very Lutheran question, if you follow the tradition. This question is perhaps the very genesis of mystery, as well as self-awareness that makes us who we are. People of faith, We are unique in that we begin the answer to such questions with these words. In the beginning, God created 
heavens and the earth. And though we have the answer in a theological sense, we also acknowledge that mystery always remains. Among the many attributes that we possess, and certainly I believe makes us particularly beloved of God, is the capacity to perceive mystery. I think mystery, to be part of God's language, I think that's in part how God communicates through mystery. Even more, I think God infused the capacity to experience and to explore mystery on creation's sixth day in the creation of Adam. In the face of all creation, the man and the woman alone could ask, what does this mean? What does this mean? And then to go on to explore that mystery. God spoke through mystery, I suspect, in order to draw those created in his own image ever closer. One inviting mystery at a time. And when one mystery was resolved into understanding, (laughs) it was greeted by an even greater mystery until we are left to conclude that our God is a mysterious God indeed. Now, as human beings have always been drawn to mystery, and upon seeing a mystery sought to understand it, I want you to consider just for a moment this morning, this Easter Sunday, Moses. Okay, Moses. And his encounter with the yet unnamed God of the Bible. For in the midst of an ordinary day, while tending the flock, Moses found himself enticed and perplexed at seeing something that he could not explain. Mystery. He saw a bush set aflame, but not consumed by the fire. The Bible tells us that because Moses, because Moses turned aside to explore the burning bush, he was granted his first encounter with God. Moses would later write, Though the bush was on fire, it did not burn up. Moses thought, I will go over and see this strange sight. Why the bush does not burn up is written. Then, I like these words, when the Lord saw that Moses had gone over to look, God called to him from within the bush, Moses, Moses. And Moses said, here I am. Moses stood upon holy ground because Moses stood before a great mystery that he could not intellectually understand, but which he knew was very real. And Moses' curiosity does indeed seem to please God. For God took notice of Moses. Lesser creatures might have fled or been disinterested. But not this one. Not the man. Moses wanted to own. He wanted to understand the mystery. Just as God had created him to do. Like Moses... 
like Moses, are you too not drawn to mystery? Are we not drawn to understand that which is mysterious to our experience and mysterious to our understanding? Just think about that a little bit. The mystery of life, the mystery of life itself, the mystery of love, perhaps, huh? The mystery that is your children or your grandchildren. The mystery of the seed that we will all celebrate soon. The mystery of the sky from whence the rain has fallen. Are we not drawn to the mystery of art or of music? Are we not here this Easter to ponder both the how and why of the empty tomb and also whether such an eventuality might also be our destiny? No. Conversely, sometimes it's good to look at the opposite. Conversely, when a symbol of mystery is destroyed, such as when the Cathedral of Notre Dame burned this past week, did you notice that that even non-Christians, people of no faith, were disturbed by its destruction at seeing it. Non-Christians, even they seem to perceive, realize deep down someplace in their being that something mysterious, something sacred, had been violated by that fire. Just so, so it was, when the women went to Jesus' tomb that first Easter. The women were both drawn and repelled by what brought them into the pre-dawn chill that morning. They were bearing spices to anoint a corpse. But the women only thought they understood what lie ahead. For just as they thought they understood, this least likely band of followers found themselves confronted by a series of mysteries of the very highest order. They were to be the first witnesses to the resurrection. As often happens, at first the rational mind, upon encountering a mystery, tries to leap forward. The rational mind tries to take ownership. Who could have moved the heavy ceiling stone? Where is the body we anticipated seeing? And Luke chose the phrase, and they were perplexed about this. For without need of a word, each of those women had to have wondered, what can this mean? And then, you see, compounding the mystery, there was a sudden flash of light and sudden confusion when two men appeared. Now the countenance of these men we know to be angels, was brighter than the rising sun. Humility, cultural convention, outright fear, caused these women to bow their faces to the ground. And it was from this posture of submission, the women heard the question. They heard the question that has enticed, that has enticed Christians ever since. Why do you seek the living among the dead? He's not here. He is risen. The greatest mystery of them all. 
leading to the ultimate question, what does this mean? Now, anchored in Jesus' own words, the reality of what the women were experiencing is preserved and wrapped up within the word, remember. We use that a lot, don't we? Do this in remembrance of me. The word remember. For the angel went on to say, remember how he told you while he was still in Galilee that the Son of Man must suffer and be crucified and on the third day rise. Then Luke writes, and then they remembered his words. And in that remembering, the women, they owned the mystery. They owned it. The women believed. And I'm going to suggest to you that mystery yielded faith. Mystery yielded faith. Now Luke made specific effort to identify these women. The women were Mary Magdalene, Johanna, Mary the mother of James and John. And by the Greek language, you know, there, there were at least two additional women, though they are unnamed. However, this roster of names served to break the Easter story into two scenes, into two scenes. The first scene that we've been discussing, scene one, the mystery at the tomb, juxtaposed to scene two, in a more fragmented and cynical setting. The Easter scene transformed from one of sacred mystery to one of cynical pragmatism. For you see, Judas was dead, and while the eleven remained, they understood that without Jesus, the cause was lost. And that, my friend, wasn't a mystery. That was just plain old reality. Such that when these women appeared and told the remnant of the disciples, the followers, what they had experienced, the defeated pragmatists among them dismissed dismissed the owners of the mystery, we are told as teller of tales. These forlorn disciples saw no mystery. The broken could see no hope. And I'm going to suggest that defeatism has a way of doing just that, of breaking down the merely physically strong. And Luke went so far as to observe that to the disciples, the women's words seemed, and I quote, an idle tale. Two scenes, the mysterious and the cynical. But then, (laughs) there was a spark. There was a spark within the spiritual darkness of one of the disciples. Another mystery suddenly flared bright for him. But it had been years ago. It had been another random day, seemingly defeated day, but a day that one Simon Peter suddenly remembered with great clarity. 
Peter recalled his former life. And yes, that, that memory involved a net and a great, no, an enormous catch of fish. Mystery. Mystery. Now, mystery then. And Jesus stood at the center of both. Now, from lying on the ground to his feet, the one Jesus had named the rock must have sprang with a suddenness that I suspect startled the others. And in a situation where running only attracted unwanted attention, Peter ran. Peter ran. Peter knew where the tomb was, but it was with a new sense of urgency that he located it that morning. And then Luke writes, stooping and looking in, Peter saw the linen cloths by themselves. And then he went home amazed at what had happened. Peter saw the mystery, kind of reminiscent of Moses. And Peter, too, went away, owner of that mystery we call the resurrection. Now, that same resurrection is a mystery that we own together today as the church. For we, too, are individually and together as a congregation, people drawn to mystery. It's okay. It's okay. God understood that the attraction of mystery had separated Moses from the rest. Mystery overwhelmed the women at the empty tomb. And Peter, man, Peter, as he, as he did a retrospective of his life, he had seen miracles within mystery before. Just so, the mystery of Easter beckons both the confident and the doubtful alike. Easter's early morning mystery had found Peter, as it had when he became a fisher of men. He could not intellectually explain it, but he knew for darn sure it happened. The women were the first to embrace the mystery that we call the resurrection. The mystery remains no less inviting today. And so I say to you, I leave with you, do not reject today's mystery, the mystery that is Easter. For I'm going to suggest to you that to do so is to become a denier. A denier of that which is encoded deep, deep in our humanity. We can't help it. We were just made that way. I think this at the heart of what Jesus was getting at when he said, you didn't choose me, I chose you. And so as I conclude, and I look upon you, you who live, you who love, you who celebrate beauty, you who are capable of despair and delight, if you are moved at all by life's great mysteries, this day, this Easter cries out, come and own me. For this 
You were created. This is how you were made. God has spoken, at least since Moses turned aside to behold the burning bush, to us through great mysteries that we can own. And so I say to you, do not fear the mystery, for faith overcomes fear, but rather be like the women, be like Peter, and this day come away yourself amazed. Own it. It's deep within you. It is of God. Amen. We hope you've enjoyed this production of the First Lutheran Church. We welcome you to visit us in person at 512 Kale Avenue. You can also find us on Facebook at First Lutheran Church, Miles City, Montana, and email us at flc at midrivers.com.